Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. When we think of the Christmas story, we put a lot of attention, rightfully so, on Mary. Uh, and as we should, she uh, had to carry the child, as we should all of our moms. We like to give a round of applause. And just like uh, every Mother's Day, it's packed and people are getting mom gifts and they're bringing her to church and doing all the things for mom. And by the time Father's Day comes around on June, uh, we do pretty well for ourselves, but uh, not quite the accolades. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that, by the way? Not to complain, but no, I'm joking. Joseph's kind of the same sort of thing, you know. We got Mary everywhere. At the foot of the cross, at the beginning, you've got the angels talking to Mary, uh, especially in Luke and in Matthew. The wedding at Cana, there's Mary. She's an incredible role model for the Christian faith. She's the first Christian, one might say, as she believed the promise, received Christ, and trusted in him. But today, let's look at this Joseph. As Matthew brings him out. And, and there's a reason why you don't hear a lot about Joseph. Because you see him right here at the very beginning. Not really mentioned much. And then he's gone. There's not much known about this Joseph. Some think he even actually might have died during this time. It wouldn't be unusual. He would have been a bit older than Mary. Would have been a normal sort of marriage. Or some would say he got married. He was married before and his wife had died. That's where the other kids come from. But what can we learn about Joseph? And I think it's especially helpful for today, as it's common to say that we have a problem with toxic masculinity. You know that phrase? Toxic masculinity. Now, don't let me go, get going on that. <laughs> it's been way overused. It's to the point now that, you know, you shouldn't even be male-like in any way or you are aggressively uh, abusing society. That's ridiculous, and there's nothing wrong with masculinity. But maybe the very kernel of why some people have gotten psychotic about that is, is a real issue. Men not being very good men. And I think Joseph is this wonderful example. Look at this guy. Matthew says the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Almost kind of like who cares about Joseph? What matters is Mary and Jesus. Did you notice it? You know, mother, he was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. We just say those words and read that so quickly, we don't realize how incredibly 
compassionate, good, uh, courageous, godly this is of Joseph. I mean, really think about this. You're engaged, and you find out that she's pregnant. You know it's not you. What would you think? Would you be okay with this? Might this be a deal breaker? Right? And not only that, let's be really honest. (laughs) Would you make sure everybody knows that she is of this or that? (laughs) Would you be publicly shaming her? See, we think like, oh, people back then, they they were so dumb back then and so primitive. Couldn't handle their emotions, really. What would you be doing? You would be publicly divorcing. Now, they got divorced. Divorce is an interesting word. It's Greek. I don't want to go into exactly what that means. But when you were engaged back then, as it should be today, it meant you're getting married. And so to get out of even an engagement, you had to go through a legal thing. So you'd have to do something to, to get out of that. Everybody knew you're getting married, you know. Just imagine, though, you're Joseph, and she says she's pregnant. Imagine how you might feel. Imagine how embarrassed you are. Imagine how angry you'd be. Now, it gets better. She says to Joseph, no, 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 Joseph, it's okay. It's from the Holy Spirit. Now, (laughs) now you got an unfaithful (laughs) fiancé and an insane one, right? I mean, just imagine the scandal. So now she's going around telling people, I'm pregnant, but it's by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, the shame upon Joseph. And what we would do is we would have revenge. We would act strictly and immediately against that person. My goodness, we do this when lesser things are done to us. We go to the social media or we go to our friends or we look ways to get back. That's how we think. That's in our nature. So don't just skim by this passage. Before the story even unfolds, before Joseph is even told what's really going on, backing up Mary's story, what does it say he's going to do? Divorce her quietly. That's beautiful. That's manly. That's manly. I would say overall, an example for men and women. Calm, cool, not out to seek revenge, publicly make a display of everybody we know, draw lines in the sand, calm and cool, even having a little compassion for Mary and not wanting her to actually suffer public shame for what had happened. Can you say that about yourself when your enemy hurts you or when someone betrays you? That you'll go out of your way, not just to be quiet, but make sure that they don't receive that scorn, that shame. You're actually, what a beautiful way to love. So he does that. And now... uh, (laughs) The only way he's going to not do this is probably going to be 
by a visit from an angel, <laughs> right? <laughs> there's no, you're not, you're, his friends aren't going to convince him. I mean, there's no other way he's going to be convinced, I'm taking back Mary, even though she's pregnant. It's got to be an angel. And so God sends this angel, um, and so he's considering these things. I love how it's that language, too. As he considered these things, you know, imagine the emotional craziness of, of, uh, of Joseph. And Matthew says he's considering these possibilities. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Now, why would he say that? Don't be afraid. I would say the scandal. The people know this is not your child. Don't be afraid of what people think. By doing God's will and taking your hands away. You need to trust in God that this is indeed not from an affair, but this is indeed from the Lord. This is the promised Messiah. Imagine what he's asking Joseph to do. Trust me and don't be afraid to go forward in my promise. It's going to be okay. Not an easy task. (laughs) But the angel says this right away, right? Don't be afraid. And what does he ask us not to be afraid of? Don't be afraid to be a Christian to trust in God's promises. He asks us to not be afraid when it comes to, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't have a revenge on everybody and you should love even your enemies. And we think that sounds dumb and sets me up for further attacks. But the angel says, don't be afraid to love your enemy. Don't be afraid to give maybe more than you thought you could to that person in need. Don't be afraid to forgive that person that has hurt you numerous times. And the safe thing to do would be to hold it against them and maybe even have some revenge and teach them a lesson. And the scary thing is to release that person of what they've done against you and forgive. Do not be afraid, brothers and sisters in Christ, to trust in God that his word is true, that when he says this is right and that's wrong, it is, and it's good for you. And do not be afraid to cling to his forgiveness for yourself. Don't be afraid to actually let something go. Don't be afraid to actually believe that when God says he loves you, he does. No questions asked. And when he says you're forgiven, it's over. God's forgotten about it. Don't be afraid that maybe you can forget about it too. This is the Christian life, isn't it? Don't be afraid. And so Joseph's told to not be afraid. And uh, he goes on, Joseph, son of David, do not, be, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which means, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, Yahshua from Hebrew means God saves. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. We need more Josephs who believe in the Lord, but act as Joseph did, trusting God, having that compassionate love, that quiet calmness, it seems. And we don't hear anything more about Joseph after this. Well, I'm sorry. One more time. What does he do? Herod wants to kill the babies. The angel comes to Joseph again and says, you need to get the the kid out of here. Take him to Egypt. No questions asked. Joseph does it. What I love about this for, and I think for husbands and fathers, and I think for everybody, just like Mary's a role model for us all, Joseph is for us all, is the quiet strength of Joseph. He's not a loud mouth. He's not some hero. He's not some guy, you know, making great witness. It's the same thing for Mary, by the way. They don't say much at all. They don't make waves. They just do what the Lord gives them to do. Quietly and calmly. And Joseph, we don't know that he's volunteering for every little thing, you know, in the synagogue. He's not a great speaker. He's just making sure his family gets to church. Make sure they're taken care of. And protects them. Quietly and calmly. Man, don't we need this in this world more than ever? To me, that's a masculinity. (laughs) It's not toxic. It's strong and good. I love the story of this Joseph. And may we all model this as Christians. Not freaking out when someone says happy holidays. (laughs) But we respond, Merry Christmas. Or if you have to say happy, who cares? We love others, and we're calm, and we're cool, trusting in the Lord, forgiving our enemies, providing for those in need, making sure our family comes to church. That's actually the simplicity of the Christian life. It's not that complicated. So Joseph and Mary, they have this kid, Jesus. And if you think Joseph was a cool dude, Jesus, exponential. (laughs) For Jesus really is a good guy. Jesus really is a sinless person. He doesn't harbor any thoughts. We don't know what Joseph's mentality was. Who knows? And I'm sure he was a sinner. But this Jesus that Mary has sins not at all. He takes what Joseph does and perfectly within himself and outwardly loves his neighbor and loves his enemy. And I think that's what caused Joseph to be good. And I think that's what caused Mary to be good. Because when you have Jesus in your company... He causes these things to come out of you, compassion and love for others. And the son of David, who is called Jesus because he's going to save the people from their sins, did that. And think about this. Jesus now contemplating humanity and maybe thinking, I should divorce them quietly, right? (laughs) Or maybe loudly. If anyone has a reason to divorce, it is our Lord against humanity and what we've done to one another and what we've done to this place. But Jesus, having compassion, decided not only to not divorce us or divorce us quietly, 
he himself decides to marry us with the words, it is finished. And on that cross, die for Joseph's sins and Mary's sins and yours and mine and all of us who are far too loud than we need to be and far too unforgiving than we need to be and far too selfish. And Christ paid the price and brought us into him even closer, hugged us even tighter. And three days later rose again from the dead to send out his church, you and me, to people that are living in divorce, that know what broken relationships are like, who are afraid of the future, who need to be told, don't be afraid, who need an angel, and that's you, and that's me, to go into their lives and say, it's going to be okay. God loves you. You are forgiven in the name of Christ. He loves you more now than he did before, no matter what you've done. That's Christmas. That's Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Rejoice. Rejoice.